Welcome to the Stacking Slabs podcast. Join Brett to get the latest sports cards investment advice, hear from industry experts that are deep in the trenches, and find out when to turn left when the rest of the market is going right. Get eBay ready, get PayPal ready. Let's be students of the game and stack those slabs. What is up? Welcome back to Stacking Slabs, your hobby content alternative. I'm your host, Brett McGrath, B2B marketer, sport card collector, and investor, and professional wrestling fan. What is up? How are you doing out there? Hopefully, if you're listening to this on launch day, you're having a good Wednesday. If you're listening to it after the fact, all good too. Hopefully, you're having a good day. Spirits are high here. I am amidst one of the best weekends there possibly can be in my city, the city I love, the city of Indianapolis. And this is coming off of the heels of just so much energy and positivity and connecting with great people at the Dallas Card Show. So I'm hitting back-to-back weekends of just money operating, money activity, and just good vibes all around. And I got to tell you, I'm feeling really good. It feels like we're Just on the other side of this damn pandemic, I mean, goodness, did anyone watch NBA this week? Did anyone see those crowds going nuts in the arena? I got to shout out that crowd at MSG for game two. Man, those people are raucous. Those people are loud. That gave me so many feels of nostalgia thinking about Pacers, Knicks in the 90s and that feud certainly was a feud. And yes, my Pacers were the baby faces of that feud, although we might have had a, 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 a heel on our team in Reggie Miller because everyone knew those Knicks were, were, were heels. But I think the roles reverse a little bit. You've got the big city Knicks as the baby faces and the Hawks are the heels with Trey Young. I don't know, however you want to spin it. That was awesome. The vibes in that arena were great. People popping off. And I think you know, this is this is what we've been waiting for. I mean, we all sat through and we all watched the bubble and we all enjoyed it and it was what it was. And I thought, frankly, they did, did a nice job with the bubble. But this is why we're fans of basketball. We're fans of basketball for loud arenas, for game-winning moments, and just for just how much physicality has been going on in, so far in the playoffs. It seems like every game there's another fight. There's something going on. I got my man Luca out there roughing up people. I mean, shit, Patrick Beverly, he's always trying to, you know, cause havoc. And then Luca's, you know, not having it. I just love this. This is playoff basketball. It seems like people in the arenas are fueling the fun and the activity. And it's just, man, this is great. This is just good. And I just, I'm sad. I'm sad because my Pacers aren't involved right now, but that's okay. There will be more basketball ahead for those Indiana Pacers. But most notably, it's when worlds collide, and that's when you get the Pacers and the Racers. And yes, when I'm talking about weekends that are the best weekends in the city of Indianapolis, I'm talking about Indy 500 weekend. And as I record this, the Indy 500 is tomorrow. And as you're listening to this, there will already be a winner of the Indy 500. But just let me share some perspective for you. This is a big deal. And I know, and a lot of you people are out there and you're probably caught up in the F1 craze. 
watching the Netflix series, watching the races and enjoying it and getting all caught up in the hype. And that's awesome. Any attention and eyeballs on racing, I think is a good thing. I grew up in Indianapolis. I've lived here my entire life. The race is part of what we do around here. It Everything shuts down. It is the greatest spectacle in racing right here in Indianapolis Speedway, Indiana. And so you've got typically, although it's probably different this year with the pandemic, but you typically have people coming in from everywhere to, to watch this race, to watch these guys and gals fly around this track that is just the biggest monstrosity ever for 500 freaking miles. Will, grit, just you put them all together. It takes a lot to win this damn race, and it is just such an awesome thing. So I hope that you got a chance. If you're in the F1, uh, if you're in the F1, I hope you got a chance to watch the Indy 500. Um, if not, go back, try to find it. That's just good racing. It's what I grew up on, and I am really excited. Um, unfortunately, I will not be in attendance this year. I, I go to most races. It's something that is part of what my family does, but I. Taking a step back, pregnant wife, um, want to make sure that you know we enjoy some time together, and and we're gonna have a few people over, and we're gonna have a little backyard gig, and that's what I got done doing, setting the TV up outside, which they're showing the race on race day, which it's usually tape delayed, but they're showing it, so getting the TV set up, getting the grass cut, getting the barbecue going, so we're having people over, and that's why I'm so excited. I'm I'm feeling it. I can just feel just the momentum of of what's happening this weekend and it's just super exciting and i feel blessed i feel blessed to be able to watch nba playoff basketball in arenas full of people i feel blessed to have the the race going on and people going to the race and everyone being excited and i just think this is awesome and i'm going to just put the cherry on top after the race i've got AEW Double or nothing, pay-per-view, baby. So it is just a jam-packed weekend for me. I'm thrilled. I'm just uh, to to the moon excited. And, you know, it's better than not being excited. So let's go. I think the, the main thing just off the top, and I've been consuming a lot of games. I've been watching almost everything I can. And it's been an entertaining basketball so far. And I think, you know, as I'm sitting there watching these games and, and enjoying them and being a fan of basketball, I just look at, you know, the, the guys that we spent the last year or so talking about in this, the hobby and um, watching their prices go up and down and watching all the conversations and watching people battle. Are these the guys the future? Are they not the future? Yeah, you know, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And I think what's cool is that you're seeing these players that are the future of the NBA rise and get their moments and just have just an unbelievable, unbelievable performances. And, and that's cool. And I'm really fired up about that. So I think like watching these playoffs has given me a lot of confidence in the group ahead, the, the group that's going to be ushering in, you know, basketball, basketball cards in our hobby. I mean, Luca, you, you can't even, I don't like, if you're not down with Luca, I got two words for you. Um, I mean, this guy, I, I, tur- I know that they, as I record this, they, they dropped the first game in Dallas. 
Um, but just watching this guy, he's just clearly above above his time. I mean, like the things he's able to do on the floor are some things that I just I, it's been a lo- it's been since like a, a Larry Bird or a Magic Johnson, and, and about a, probably six months, eight months ago, I said I made that comp. I said this guy's kind of like a Larry Bird Magic Johnson hybrid, and that's ridiculous. But like watching Luke has been a blessing. Watching Giannis just dominate, just pure and utter force. I love Giannis. Like, there's been a lot of comparisons of, of, of Giannis and, and who he is and who he isn't. And I've heard some things on shows, but I, I will continue to go back to this one. There is a piece of me that um, ties, or there's a piece of me that really connects with Giannis. And it's not necessarily because he went back to Milwaukee. That helps. That certainly helps, and I think that loyalty is awesome. But this guy has been back-to-back MVPs, arguably the most dominant best player in the NBA during that period. Um, arguably, right, I know there's you know LeBron, and he's always the best, and there's this and that, and I'm not here to cast judgment. I say, if you're the MVP, you're, you can be in the argument twice. That's really hard to do. But I, I, I watch Giannis play, and I think the Drew Holiday ad this year is it's it's going to work out nicely for this Milwaukee Bucks team. I, I think my my comparison with Giannis will be and forever will be is Peyton Manning, and that's why I, I I feel a strong connection with him. I saw Peyton Manning win the MVPs and get bounced out of the playoffs time and time again. I, I was the it was brutal. I was a part of that, but I just looked back at Peyton and. And every season, I'd see this guy play, and I'd just say, there's nobody playing at his level. And what he does is unlike anything else. Like, something's got to give. That's how I feel about Giannis. Something's got to give. And so I'm rooting for the Milwaukee Bucks. They're the team I want to see advance because I'm a big fan of Giannis. And I think it's it's, uh, what he's done so far in this short time frame has been uh, impressive in the playoffs. You can't talk about this without talking about the hobby heel Trey Young I gotta tell you like I've shot a few few messages here and there never a massive Trey Young fan I did see him drop 50 plus against the Pacers uh, in Banker's Life a couple years ago his rookie season maybe Um, but this this vibe I mean we need this in the NBA we need a bad guy and I think Trey Young plays the role um, perfectly I think, you know, you can say what you want about his game and his game might not be for everyone. That's fine. But I think, you know, it's undeniable that this kid has confidence and he is putting the Hawks on his back. And not a lot of people would say that Trey Young would be doing what he's doing now six months ago. And so I think that's cool. I think the 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 Nate McMillan, uh, you know, being able to, take control of this team has certainly helped, but I'm excited to see what's, uh, what's next for him. You got Tatum dropping 50. Boston's probably not going to make it out of this series, but he's a hell of a player. People love his card. You've got John Morant. Just, I mean, geez, like he, you know, 47, 48 points the other night in a, in a loss. What I just want to say is like, we've spent so much time in the hobby talking about young players, putting our money in them, having confidence, markets going down, markets going up. And I think 
all I can say from just watching the first week of the NBA playoffs is that we all should have a lot of confidence on this group, um, this next generation of NBA stars, because they are damn good. And we should be thinking that if we want to invest and we want to buy some of their cards, there is a lot of confidence we should have in that. I think the hobby has gotten a lot smarter with how we pick and choose not just the players, but how we pick and choose the cards. I think that is like people generalize, say, oh, Luca's cards are going down, or oh, Giannis's cards are going down. And I think when you hear that, for the most part, people are saying that because they're directing that comment to their base prism stuff. Well, if you take a step back, the way the base prism market has gone over the ever since this year has started, maybe even further back, it's 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 been a downward trajectory. And I think it's been a downward trajectory because this because the surplus it the supply of those cards has increased. The, su- the supply of those cards have not only increased, but the hobby as a whole, people like me who've been in the hobby for 18 months back in the hobby, we've gotten more sophisticated. Listeners of this show, I'm not telling you, I'm helping you get more sophisticated, but I hope I can help contribute to that. But listeners to this show, you out there listening to this car, this, this show in your car, on your walk, on your run, cutting your grass, on the farm. Shout out to all you farmers out there who listen to the show. Shout out to all you truck drivers too. Um, I, get, I get messages all the time from people and telling me when and what they're doing when they're listening to my show. But you, we're all getting smarter and we all have this feeling of uniqueness, individuality, and we want scarcity and we want these cards that nobody has or very few people have. And I think a lot of our energy is being pointed in those areas and we are patient with our money and we don't feel like we just need to buy, buy, buy and get new cards all the time and get those mail days all the time. But like taking a step back saying, well, if I cut out mail days for a month, I'd have money saved up where then I could go buy a card that has increased a little bit month over month and is at a 99 and is a card that I love. And I think that's cool. And I think that go like for me as I'm watching these playoffs, as I'm watching the hobby get smarter, I think about where do I want to spend my money? And I know that there's a lot of opportunity and I have a lot of excitement on this young group of talent just after this one week. And I had it before, but it's fun to see them on the big stage. One thing I want to call out just on this topic is I think there was a great conversation that I heard uh, Shay, shout out my man Shay, Shay Wave Vlogs. We were messaging and we were uh, this week and it was like, why didn't we get a picture in Dallas together? That was a good question. Shay, I don't know, brother. We needed to take a photo, but I've been enjoying Shay and Max at Putnam Card Show Hobby Update. It's good shit, man. They, these guys are just having fun, not taking the hobby too seriously, being authentic. They had a conversation on their show last week about this uh, base prism market, if you will. And I love what Shay said. Shay said, we need this market. We need this market and we shouldn't shit on this market because it is an entry point. And people come into the hobby and they're introduced to these base cards and that helps 
educate and that market helps um, get people interested and it can be affordable. And I agree, like we should not be cheering against the base card market. It serves a purpose in the greater good. I thought that was super smart. Um, So I wanted to shout that out. Punchline is basketball cards as a macro. People could say the sky is falling. Things are going down. Yada, yada, yada. I think from my end, we all should have a lot of confidence in the players that are on the floor right now, which in turn should give us confidence on those cards we bought or the cards that we plan to buy. I want to shout out all you subscribers to the weekly rip. If you're not signed up, you can. All you have to do is go to my Instagram bio, hit the link, drop your email every week. I'm dropping those on Friday. Last week did a uh, quick recap of, uh, it was, uh, of all the cameras in the Dallas show. And I, I, a lot of people have addressed this via content, a lot of messages about it. Um, my big punchline on this is I'm a content creator. There's many other content creators. I'm not here to dump on people who want to film stuff, but I think there is a certain, you got to have respect for your surroundings and you've, you've got to, if you're going to create content and you're going to disrupt people at a show, like, Make sure what you're putting out is of value to the audience. I think that's really important. I think it's also really important on the topic of cameras, videotaping deals, right? If you read the weekly rip, I'm not going to get into it again. But we should not be videotaping other people's deals, okay? Like, we should not be doing that. Um, I think there we are in an era where we're all online, we're all sharing, we're all doing this. But like there needs to be some level of privacy that goes into negotiation, getting deals done. And I know if I'm a dealer and I'm at a show and someone I don't know is filming me, I'm probably not going to have that, right? If you want to, ask me, ask permission. So I think videotaping deals, not only videotaping deals, but then taking the con, someone ripping that content, putting it on their page, and then trying to stir up a bunch of shit. That's wrong. That's negative. We don't need that in the hobby. So if you're going to be at a show, be at a show. Enjoy it. Like take pictures, like have fun. But like don't go videotaping other people's deals. It just doesn't make any sense to me. And I think we just need to respect each other. I also just want to shout out for Dr. Beckett one more time. I got a ton of great feedback on that show. It was an honor and an absolute honor to talk with a hobby legend like Dr. Beckett. So many insights. Make sure you go check out his show. I'm going to be on it soon. I've, I've I had the privilege of uh, getting interviewed by Dr. Beckett, doing some quick fire questions. Ton of fun. That was uh, something I not wasn't necessarily expecting to have happen, but it did. And I think just it was an absolute privilege and an honor to talk with someone who has contributed so much to the hobby. I put something out there last week that got a ton of love and a ton of attention. So I wanted to revisit it. Said being a fan of other people in the hobby is what it's all about. You like their collection? Let them know. You like their content? Let them know. Are you teaching? Are they, are you, are they teaching you something? Let them know. Feedback is a gift. I think I get feedback all the time about this show, which I love. And 
99% of the time it's positive. Some some of it's negative, and that's fine. Like I create this show not to please everybody. That's not my intention. My intention is to help people in similar positions as me who want to learn, who are trying to get better, who are trying to get educated. One way or the other, if someone is taking the time after they consume your content to deliver a message to you and give you thoughts and words about how that makes them feel, that is a great thing. So we should embrace feedback in the hobby. I think people people always have feelings and people always have things going on in their head, but oftentimes don't share it. And I'm not here to say you need to go comment, you need to go share everything that everyone's doing. But if something hits you and it makes you feel something, let that person know where it's coming from. Let that person know that it is, uh, I can't tell you when, when I get messages all the time from people that say, Hey, I've been listening to your show for the last, you know, three months back in the hobby after, you know, a four year hiatus, like your content really helps me think about the way I'm approaching and the way what I'm doing and how I'm operating. That shit makes me feel good because that's the intention of this show is for people like that to reach out to me. I think just one thing, and maybe it's just the marketer in me and what I do professionally, but I think putting people over is always a winning strategy to me. And I think it should be for more people. And I know people do this. It's not, this is not exclusive to me, but I think it's important to talk about. I think what I did up front, I shouted out the Hobby Update, which is a podcast about sports cards with Shayway Vlogs and Putnam Cards. I don't view the Hobby Update as a competitor of Stacking Slabs. I view the Hobby Update as Stacking Slabs approved content that I want you, the listener of my show, to go check out their show because I listen to it and it helps me. And if you listen to it, I believe it should help you. So I'm plugging their shit on my show because that's just good operating. That's just, it is good to put people over who you believe in and who you like their stuff. I think people consume and buy things based on word of mouth referrals all the time. So why don't we generate a network of people that believe in certain creators, certain products and share that information? Like, that's what I try to do on my stories on IG. I try to share other people's stuff because it's making me happy. It's giving me feels. It's educating me. It's entertaining me. So you know what? Check it out. I hope it does the same for you. Same thing with the weekly rips. I try to put in people's content in the weekly rip because I feel like if I've got a platform, why not use that as a vehicle to put other people's over, put other people over? Think community... Thinking about it as a community and give back to those that do something for you. I had my first experience. Of, I registered for golden auctions, okay? I am a golden member officially. And I don't know what took me so long. It just, I had just not taken the jump. But on this last round, I was looking through it and I said, you know what? There's a few cards on here that I might be interested in. So I went through the process got signed up super easy you start with a ten thousand dollar bid limit okay so my recommendation if you haven't already and they're they golden just put the june auctions up so those are listed now new cards my recommendation if you're interested like it's absolutely free to sign up 
Okay, so you can sign up, you get to your 10 G's bid limit. If you want to increase that bid limit, all you have to do, shoot them an email. You're going to send them some documentation. Not, not a difficult process. But if you've been hearing people talk about Golden, this is what I want to say. Just because you've been hearing people talk about it and that the big cards are the ones that get the headlines doesn't mean that that auction house isn't for you. There's so many pages and so many listings. There's a lot of stuff in there that you might be surprised is in there and you might want. So that's just a little plug there. I just went through the process. I actually bid on my first card and I didn't win it. <laughs> and I didn't win it um, because it went into extended bidding. So what happens here, I don't know if I've, I haven't talked about this. I don't think other people have, but I haven't because I've never done it until now. You, if you bid before the auction ends, then you get go into extended bidding, okay? And so in that 30 minutes, people have the opportunity to keep bidding. And eventually it keeps going and it can go forever until people stop bidding and then there's a winner. So I bid on a card. Um, I will share the card, I guess. I will share the card. I bid on a Josh Allen BGS9 championship ticket. I bid on this card because I love championship tickets. Josh Allen, I've, I think, is a hell of a quarterback. I think he has traits that remind me of Andrew Luck. Uh, he, he bounced the Colts out in the, the first round of the playoffs, although I will say we should have won that game. Um, but I'm impressed by this kid. I think he's one of the future uh, faces of the league. Solid card, solid nice price. Quite frankly, extended bidding just kept going on. And... I just went to bed, lost the card. Not a big deal, but I went through the process, and I think that's really good. What else I think is really good is I think if you didn't see it, you should check it out, but Ken Golden did a little state of the hobby this past week, and I know like Ken Golden, and I'm not here to like pump up Ken Golden. I'm here to just say like I talk about things on this show that I think matter and you should know about. Ken Golden did a state of the hobby, and I think Someone with his level of experience, his dedication to cards, um, his experience, him seeing every market possible. When you hear someone like him talk, like it's it's probably you probably should take note. I think that's good for the hobby. I think it's a benefit for the hobby when he's able to just get on and share his perspective. I think you got like like him or or don't like you need to recognize his position and platform. I think the big thing here and the big takeaway is just dips in the market and how there's going to be dips and it's going to go back up and just there's it's a supply and demand thing. And the thing that my biggest takeaway from him during this uh, conversation he had was the uh, talking about flooding the market. And I think that's really good. And I think, you know, what what's happening is he is the premier auction house right now. Cards sell all-time highs. Other people have those cards. They say, okay, well, I'm going to go try to get that money. So I'm going to send my cards to Ken. And then people keep sending them. And like the the Jordan, Flair Jordan PSA 10 is a perfect one right now. Like you can't sell that card every time over and over and over and over and over again and expect to get 700K, 800K, 900K, a million dollars. It's just not how it works. There's too much supply. So I think it was nice to hear Ken address that and talk about 
how he's thinking about that. And I think that's important. So the punchline here is I know he's a polarizing guy. I'm a fan. I think take take a step back, think about his experience, think about the platform, think about the time spent, the dedication. And if that a guy like that is getting on his Instagram live and, te- and just sharing his experience and thoughts, that's something I'm taking note of. That and and so that's why I wanted to address that on your on the show and just think it's just really good that a guy like that is not just like he's thinking about the the volume he's getting in and thinking of ways to introduce those cards into the market. I gotta talk about wrestling cards. You know I do. You know I'm a wrestling card guy. I am. I. It's kind of like somehow. I, maybe it's because I I do have a passion for wrestling. I um. On Friday, I took I I got done with work at about noon. It was it was my birthday last Friday, and I just all I wanted to do I had like all this time on my hand before my wife and I went out to dinner. We 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 went to a bomb ass steak dinner. It was awesome. Uh, saw the and- team Andretti, Michael Andretti and Marco Andretti were sitting by us. Indy five hundred baby. Um, but all I wanted to do with my time was sit there and watch old wrestling or what wrestling. So I, I caught up on dark side of the ring. If you're not watching dark side of the ring, it's on vice. Unbelievable. I watched the one on, uh, on, on ultimate warrior. Ridiculous. It was great, great stuff. And then I was like, I need to watch a, an attitude era pay-per-view, you know, <laughs> I just I was feeling it. So I put on uh in your house, ground zero, just so much nostalgia. It was Undertaker and Shawn Michaels' first match, actually, and this was coming off the heels of uh, HBK uh, accidentally, in quotes, hitting Undertaker with the chair, costing uh, him the match, Bret Hart, one, two, three, retaining. There was a lot of great storylines happening at that time. Stone Cold was hurt. He was coming off that pile driver from Owen. That was a fun pay-per-view, so I watched that. Anyways, I'm rambling, but I know I'm a wrestling guy. Obviously, I'm a wrestling card guy. I can't tell you how excited I am just for people getting in, talking about cards. And I think like one thing, like make sure you go follow people, not just me. There's people who are way more in it and know the details. One guy I just, I brought on the show, Zan Morning, go check out a show, Wrestling With Cards. He's got a podcast. He's got a couple podcasts. Go check out his stuff. But get educated if you're interested. Get educated. I, I just think, the more and more I spend time with wrestling cards, look at opportunities and see things, just the more excited I get. I am so excited. I'm feeling like a kid again. I pre-ordered two hobby boxes. How about that? Pre-ordering hobby boxes. And I'm not doing a break. I'm not holding them. I bought these hobby boxes to rip, baby. I'm ripping this stuff. That's WWE Tops Chrome. I bought two of them. Comes out second week of June. I bought the two hobby boxes of Topps Chrome because I ripped Topps Chrome last year. It's awesome. Topps Chrome is a just a staple product in our industry, and there's cool cards in there, parallels, refractors, 125 bucks for one of those. Are you kidding me? And I think there's this idea and there's this um, mentality around modern wrestling cards i'm all about modern wrestling cards and i think there's an approach and maybe i'll do a whole episode on why i have confidence in modern wrestling cards but i just think i'm excited and i can't wait for those cards to come i'm betting big on wrestling cards and it's not just the stuff everyone else is buying 
I'm trusting my gut and I'm trusting my instinct. And I think that is like, you just need to find your lanes in your categories. I think Dr. Beckett and I talked about finding your lanes. And I think for me in my career, like my career in marketing, I've worked in companies of all shapes, sizes, and industries. And I feel the most comfortable marketing and building software in an area that I know, not corporate security, but content marketers, marketers. So I, for me, that's a lane that I'm comfortable in. And I think it's something that I know about. So I have confidence when I'm operating. And I think like it's the same goes for the hobby. Like, don't go outside of your lane just because it seems like a shiny object and it seems like what other people are doing. Like, I like racing. I like IndyCar racing. I'm not necessarily into F1, nor have I watched the Netflix thing. So I'm not going to get involved in F1. But if you're like F1 and you've been a fan and you, you're down with the Netflix series and you're caught up, go for it. That's just not for me for right now. So I think... Passion and desire takes us to certain places and we create our lanes. For me, it's like I've talked so much about, you know, wrestling and I've talked about football, you know, basketball, obviously, but like I talk about those things because there's lanes. I understand those things. I understand the players. I, I watch those things. So I think to me, it's spending time, spend time in these areas that you know and, inv- and invest more time in, like do research, become a subject matter expert in certain segments of those lanes. I think, you know, platforms like Card Ladder have leveled me up so much on the market, just being in it, looking at it every day. Um, I have more confidence and I just feel more comfortable than ev- ever about what I'm passionate about and what I'm doing. I think walking around at the Dallas show and looking ca- at cards and prices and cases like I had a general perspective and a general overview for what I thought was maybe overpriced or maybe what I thought was underpriced a little bit and that's all because I'm just spending more time in areas that I know and that I care about so I'd recommend get a reset and do do that do that soon do that focus in and let's close it out before I close it out I want to shout out hobby hustle this week, I got my man, Rodman's PC, Rodman Martinez, new Brandon on that. I've been waiting to line up this conversation forever. I hope you enjoy it. I'd love listening to him talk about his PC, one of the good operators in the hobby. We're going to have a lot to talk about, but let's close it out here. Call it selling, call it flipping, call it consolidating. You can call it whatever you want. At the end of the day, it's activity. Activity helps you advance levels and gives you more options, options that can lead to cards that you dream about. This is my epiphany, okay? So I, when I first got back in the hobby, I'd see so many people with, so many normal people, right? And not normal is relative, but it's, it's people that are remind me of me and what I do and how I operate. And they just have banger cards. And I'm just like, how are these people affording these cards? What are they doing? The more I've dug in, the more conversations I've had, the more I've interviewed people, there's this element that is so important that not a lot of people talk about. Time. The more time you spend in the hobby, the more opportunities that you're going to have. Like, So as instead of me saying, how the fuck do these people have these cards? I say to myself, oh, 
These people have been in this hobby, have been have participated, have been putting in consistent activity for an extended period of time. And well, what this does is that if you continue to spend disposable income on certain cards, then you get to a place when you see a card that's 10K, 20K, say, you know what? I'm going to buy this card. And instead of it just being like, oh man, let's go to the bank account and pull out 10 or 20K, it's, oh, let me go to my card stack and figure out what is the 10K that I want to get rid of that I, because I would rather have this card, right? That's your consolidation. And the more people I've talked about in the hobby and I straight up ask questions, straight up ask questions. What are you doing? Like, are you, how are you doing this? Everyone's always like, I'm selling cards. So I just think like, that's important to call out. Like it's something that I'm thinking a lot about. Um, And I've talked about this when I bought my Marvin PMG. It was like, if I had this card today, I had this card today, where would this stack rank? in my collection. And the Marvin PMG was like a top three, top five card. And I said, okay, that means I should move some stuff. So I I leave you with that. Don't feel like you're tied to your cards forever. If you see something you like, don't hesitate. Like I've never looked back ever since I made my last move and you shouldn't too. Hopefully you are enjoying the show. If If you aren't already, hit that subscribe button, leave me a review, tell me how I'm doing. I really appreciate everyone coming here tuning in, getting engaged, and helping make me a better operator in the hobby. Take care of yourself. Take care of others around you. And you know what? I'll be back on Friday with my man Rodman, Hobby Hustle. Peace out. Peace out.